This is Shannon Ray Davis, and you are listening to Omega Man Radio. Welcome to my world, the world of the Omega Man. Join us here for the nightly marathon, broadcasting Monday through Friday. Get trained up. War of the Saints is coming. You want to be an overcomer and endure till the end. We will teach you how. We cast out devils. We command healing to the sick in Jesus' name. And we preach the full gospel of Jesus Christ to win souls for Jesus. If you'd like to support this work financially, we have a PayPal button on our website. We have GoFundMe, Zelly, even Take Bitcoin. And we thank you in advance for partnering with us. Our website is OmegaManRadio.com. One more thing before we start tonight's show. To the demons, tuning in. We're coming for you, demon. No demon is safe. Brother Michael, how you doing? Hello, my friend. Brother Michael, would you like to open us up in prayer? I would. Uh, Lord Jesus, uh, once again, I'm back on the Omega Man broadcast. Much appreciated. I know that you will uh, anoint your word, and that's what I'm going to share today. And uh, I'm praying for everybody listening that you will do something wonderful for them. Amen. Amen. Brother Michael, the mic is yours. Take it away, brother. Well, thank you. Uh, I wanted to uh, talk to you a little bit tonight about uh, your call from God. Um, I think every born-again Christian knows, or they should know, that uh, God has has some kind of a work uh, that he's picked out for their lives. Every born-again Christian has something that God wants them to do or has called them to do. Um, Some of it spectacular, some of it not. It depends on the person, the place, and the things, obviously. But all that stuff is determined by the Holy Spirit, as it says in Corinthians. You've got the fruit of the Spirit, you've got the gifts of the Spirit, and they're given out. The gifts of the Spirit are dispensed based on the uh, judgment of the Holy Ghost. And um, we know that God has has a call for someone listening to the broadcast tonight. Okay? Um, as I've mentioned on other programs, uh, I was a, a secular counselor, secular counselor for 25 years um, before I got called out of that career and uh, completely shut it down and left it lock, stock, and barrel and I went into my career as a Christian counselor which then led to deliverance and inner healing and into the ministry that I have now but it was a long process of uh, 
success and failure and uh, learning and forgetting and uh, making mistakes and screwing up. And I did everything and all of that in spades. And uh, because I didn't want to quit and because I knew that there was uh, a call out there and that God had at least something for me, um, I just kept going. I just kept going. And uh, when I entered the ministry and left my secular career, um, I was quite, you know, surprised by a series of things. Too many to mention tonight on the radio, but one of them was how alone I was. Um, you know, as a secular counselor, I had a lot of unsaved friends. I had all kinds of, you know, friends meaning acquaintances. and I, I didn't really ever have any real f- close friends. But when I went into the ministry, I was amazed at, at um, you know, the delusions I was under. Um, when I started doing uh, Christian counseling, God led me into doing uh, private deliverances. Uh, I was excited and, uh, and amazed at the process that uh, God would take uh, Christians, pastors, ministers, evangelists, missionaries, what have you, and, and heal them. Heal them physically and um, heal them spiritually. And I saw a series of, you know, dozens and dozens of powerful deliverances. And uh, the delusions in my mind was, hey, this is, this is kind of like the book of Acts in a little bit. You know, no, I mean, nothing like what they actually got involved in, but it was, you know, in a very minor way kind of like the book of Acts. You saw the Holy Spirit healing people. I saw him delivering people from demons. I saw people getting saved. I saw them receiving their gift of tongues. I saw all kinds of wonderful things. And from my perspective, I I thought it was wonderful. I I, I couldn't have been happier. Uh, But what left me shocked and the delusions that were in my mind came falling out eventually I really was basically alone. I, I, I shared my ministry with, with my family, uh, my wife, uh, my sister, my oldest daughter, um, at that time my son-in-law, and so on. And uh, I mean, it was like, it was like, uh, as my grandpa said, used to say, uh, it turned into a lead balloon. I mean, it just, I shared it with my, my church. I s- shared it with some of my friends at church. I shared it, you know, with various people, as you can imagine, when you go into the ministry. I mean, people find out about it. You share it. I couldn't believe that I got bagged. I, I literally got tossed. Uh, not overtly, not nasty, but, you know, there was just kind of a, a withdrawal, a reluctance that uh, was clear to me that uh, God had called me out of a very successful career as a secular counselor. At that time, I was a millionaire. I, mean, I had a six-figure income, and that was back in the early 90s when six-figure income was a real income. Now, it, now it's not, but 
back then that was that was like a real salary and I transit transitions over to this ministry where I had no salary and made no money but I was much much happier personally and I was much more grateful for what I was doing because the thing that intrigued me the most that I loved the most that I liked the best was the moving of the spirit that's the thing that got the hook into me uh watching the holy ghost move was and is to this day uh the most interesting thing that I find fascinating I find everything about him fascinating uh I don't understand hardly anything about him but I find him the most interesting person I've ever known. Uh, he's he's just like Jesus. Uh, it's quite amazing to watch the Spirit of God move. Uh, for example, just last Friday uh, in the service, I had an altar call. Man, people were getting delivered from demons one after the other all across the building. I prayed for a gal who had a, a fractured ankle and she had had surgery and a plate put in. Well, I was praying with her, and I was casting demons out of her, and she finally stopped right in the middle of it. She said, you know, i got to sit down. I can't walk. I said, well, what, what's wrong with you? And she said, well, my foot, I fractured it, and I can't stand on it. It's killing me, and i got this chronic pain and this range of motion limitation. I said, okay. So I, I scooted her over there and sat her in the chair, took a look at the ankle and everything. I saw the scar on it. There was a plate and plate in the ankle and to make a long story short she got completely healed she was just completely restored i just reached down grabbed her ankle started moving it around it turned suddenly just instantaneously like this click like somebody flipped the switch the ankle got loose as a goose and i thought well i don't know that thing's loosened up like crazy i bet she's healed so i got her up and she started walking back and forth across the uh, altar in the front of the sanctuary, no pain, a complete range of motion. The woman was flabbergasted. Her friend that came with her, he was stunned. Uh, and I was rejoicing again because no matter what the Holy Ghost does, I thought, I just think it's the greatest thing in the world. Uh, if it's something little or if it's something big, uh, in that same service, some gal was visiting from Germany. They flew over to see us from Germany, believe it or not. I don't even know where Germany is. I know it's a long flight. But anyway, her back got healed. She had hurt her back in a trampoline accident. And uh, her back and her left hip uh, had been jacked up her whole life. She looked like she was, you know, late 40s. And uh, her back got completely healed, but her left hip did not get completely healed. She still had a little pain left in it. And I didn't finish that. Uh, prayer time with her up because I had to, the other lady I was working with, I went back to her. She, she was the one that had the bad ankle. But it was a very unusual night. But the point I'm trying to make is I, I thought that the moving of the Spirit, which I had not seen on a regular basis in the Assembly of God churches that I had spent years in. I'm from this, I, I came out of the Assembly of God religion. And uh, I had seen the Holy Ghost move there, but it was very rare. There wasn't that much of it. And uh, that always fascinated me. That was the thing I always was interested in. And is, as to this day, seeing the Spirit of God move is, is the most interesting thing in my mind 
uh, about the ministry. You know, I may not be saying that uh, correctly or properly. If I'm not, I apologize. But uh, he just fascinates me. I love to see him heal people. I love to see him set them free. I like to see hurting people healed. That's just, I guess that's a personal thing. I get a lot of a, a joy out of that. And uh, even though I don't take a salary in my ministry, and I went from 150 grand a year to nothing, I feel richer today and more wealthy today than I ever was uh, back in the old days working as a secular counselor. Because to me, I get paid in full when I see the Spirit of God, the Spirit of the Lord Jesus, uh, heal somebody. Okay, that's just the way I am. But what really shocked me was the point of my teaching tonight. Um, I, I apologize if I'm rambling on there. But my point is, uh, I couldn't believe how alone I was. And I couldn't believe how disinterested in me and my ministry other Christians were, including members of my own family. The only person that has stayed with me from day one and is stuck to me like super glue was my youngest daughter, Tracy, who led me to the Lord years ago. She is a hardcore Holy Ghost Pentecostal. She understands everything I do and enjoys everything and every story I share with her. She's a, the only person, friend or family, who stayed with me, who stayed with me. I want to encourage your listeners, uh, Shannon, that uh, being alone is of God. When you get a call from God on your life, if you're alone and everybody walks out on you, uh, you are following God's perfect plan and something really big is going to happen to you. You go back 3,000 years and you see the great man of God, Abraham. You know the story. You've read it a thousand times. Everybody has. God came to Abraham and said, leave your family and friends and go to the country that I've chosen for you. And I will make of you a great nation. Remember that? Genesis chapter 12. Everybody's read all that. It's a spectacular story to say the least. Putting it mildly, the thing is absolutely incredible. He was an absolutely incredible man for sure. But Abraham uh, was called out from his family and friends. And they were, he was to separate himself. Now, did he make mistakes and screw up? Sure he did. He was a human being. Everybody screws up. I do it. You do it. Abraham did it. He brought Lot with him. You know, that God didn't want Lot to go with him. Lot was a screw up. But they loved each other and they were friends. And, you know, Abraham let him come along and had nothing but trouble with him ever since then. But when God calls you sometimes, sometimes he calls you to come out from among them. And sometimes you end up temporarily or for a pro prolonged period of time, You sometimes you end up alone. And you don't have the support, you don't have the interest, you don't have the friends anymore. They're not with you. And that's a good thing. If that's happened to you, that's a good thing. 
It's a God thing. You take a look at Paul, the great apostle Paul and Barnabas in Acts chapter 13. You know, the Bible says that all the people, uh, as they ministered to the Lord, they fasted. And while they were fasting, the Bible says the Holy Ghost said, quote, separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work that I have called them to do. And they did. And, and Barnabas and Saul left the church, their family, their friends, everything behind, because they were called by God, and they were separated by God. And sometimes, in fact, most of the time, if you have a legitimate call in your life, there's going to be a period of time where you're alone. Or people will not be with you. They won't support you. They won't have the same interests you do. They won't like what you're doing. They won't feel comfortable with your ministry. They'll just, in a way, kind of take a hike. And when that happens, you are to be encouraged. Because as the Lord Jesus said in Luke chapter 6, he said, Blessed are you when men shall hate you and separate you from their company. And when they will reproach you and cast out your name as evil, for the Son of Man's sake. When you're separated by God, it's it's a secret plan. It's his plan. The exact same thing happened to John the Baptist, the greatest preacher that ever lived, the greatest prophet that ever walked the face of the earth. I mean, he was the man. Where was he? Alone. He came out of the deserts he was in there for a long, protracted period of time. Nobody went with him. No family support. No friends. Nothing. And he came into Galilee preaching. The Lord Jesus was bagged by his family. He went out in the deserts to face the destroyer. And his family... It's, it, it uh, mentions later on in the, in the Gospels. Everybody's read about it. They thought he had lost his mind. They came to him one time, tried to bring him home, and probably put him in a mental institution. Thought he had gone nuts. But you got to understand something. When you get a call from God, nobody else is going to understand your call. They're not going to get it. They won't love it. They won't appreciate it. They won't see the value of it. They won't see the spiritual intricacies of it. That's the way other people are who haven't been called. I'm sure when Abraham packed everything up and left, his family was standing there saying, what are you doing? Where are you going? We love you. Why are you leaving us? What are you taking a lot with you for? We got chores for him here. He's got the IQ of a box of rocks. we got some work for him to do here, digging ditches. He t- Where are you going? Nobody understood what he was doing. None of them could grasp Abraham was going to be the made a great nation and that God was going to bless him and make his name great. And he said, everyone, all of the world would be blessed through your name. And that's, of course, where the Messiah came from. Paul got blown off of chariot and literally left everything. He lost everything. Wife, kids, everything. He's standing in the church. 
it was all gone. Everything was gone. But God had called him to some special work and special sufferings. And thank God he did. And thank God Paul answered that call because you and I wouldn't be sitting here uh, talking today as friends. That would never happen if it hadn't been for him. But nobody understood what Paul was doing. They didn't, they didn't understand what was happening. And he found himself all alone. You're all alone sometimes when God calls you. Romans chapter 1, for example, Paul described him himself in this way. He said, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, Greek word doulos, that means a slave. I'm a slave of Jesus Christ. I'm called to be an apostle separated to the gospel of God. Romans 1, 1. Separation and being alone doesn't mean you're lonely. People can be alone and not be alone. And when you're called by God, you're going to be separated from the others. And Paul was separated. He was even separated from the other apostles. Sometimes when you get a call from God, being alone is a good thing. It's a good thing. It's a positive thing. Joseph, a textbook example. Textbook example. Thrown down a well, bagged by his brothers. Why? Joseph was called by God and nobody understood his calling. They didn't understand his vision. They didn't understand what he was doing. In the early part of his life, he didn't understand it. And he was separated from everybody. And he was all alone. You know the best thing that ever happened to Joseph? Being in that well. You know, you have a, you got time to think about important things when you've been thrown down a well. And you're going to sit down there and starve to death. And fall over dead. That's that's the time that God wanted him to take a hard look at himself. And while he was down in that well, and he was alone, called by God, he had a chance to check his attitude out when he was bragging about that vision and wearing that colored coat around and showing it off. All those things came back to him at the bottom of that well. Sometimes the best thing that can happen to you is to get tossed down a well. I know that sounds crazy, but sometimes you have to be alone to be with God. And if you don't rebel against it and you go along with it, man, your anointing goes through the roof. And you become a very dangerous person to Satan. Sometimes Being alone is the best thing that can happen to you. Jeremiah chapter 1. Wow, what a story there. God came to Jeremiah and said, Hey, before I formed you in your womb, I knew who you were. 
before you came out of the womb, I sanctified you. See, sometimes during the sanctification process, you're going to have to end up alone because hagiazo is a Greek word. It means to set apart for a holy purpose. To set apart. See, if you're sanctified, it doesn't mean you're perfect and holy. You never sin. The Greek word means to be separated and set apart for a work of God. That's what happened to Jeremiah. He was he was sanctified, set apart in the womb, and he said, I had Jehovah told him, I have ordained you to be a prophet to the nations. Well, how did he do that? Did he bring his family with him and a bunch of people? No, nobody from the church. It was just Jeremiah, and he was alone. And when you're called by God, you've got to go through this period of being alone. It's just between you and him. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6, Paul explained to Israel and the Levites, remember? He quotes Isaiah 52. He says, wherefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Don't touch the unclean thing, and I will receive you. I will be a father to you. You will be my sons and daughters. How are they going to do that? They had to be separated. You have to come out from among your family, your friends, your carnal life, your sinful life, whatever it is. You got to go. In the Old Testament, the Levites, for example, were separated from everybody else. Yeah, Numbers chapter 8 says, the Lord says, quote, you shall set the Levites before Aaron and his sons and offer them as an offering to the Lord. They shall be separate. You will separate the Levites from among the children of Israel. The Levites are mine. Numbers chapter 8. you got to understand something. Everybody listens to Shannon every week. You listen to him all the time. He reaches, oh, God only knows how many people. It's a good thing to be alone when you're called by God. That's part of the process. The Levites were separated from the rest of Israel, completely separated. They ate different food. They lived in a different area. They had specific spiritual duties for the nation of Israel. Nobody, nobody was like the Levites, and nobody's like you. And it happened to me on a much smaller scale, as I mentioned. When I got into this deliverance, inner healing and so on, I couldn't believe how many people distanced themselves from me. I mean, I had several Christian friends that I had known for years that... uh, got on the ship and sailed to the other shore. They left me. They walked. And uh, the church that I was in, for example, I was in a mega church, Assembly of God church, called the Dream Center in Scottsdale, Arizona. And uh, 
on Tuesday nights after the midweek service, after everybody had left, I had I stayed behind and was doing deliverances. And uh, the word spread around the church that people were getting delivered from demons on Tuesday nights. And Brother Mike was down there. And pretty soon I had I had so many people I couldn't handle them all. You know, they were as soon as the word spread that it just mushroomed. But the pastoral staff there was not interested in it. They did they did not promote it. At first nobody said anything. I guess they were hoping it would kind of disappear or kind of blow blow over so to speak and it didn't and so later later on obviously they had to do something about it and I didn't leave there with any animosity or anything I uh, considered it a promotion uh, every every Friday night I teach at the Deliverance Center in Phoenix and I I mentioned to everybody that if you are in a mega church you need to open up a terror cell or set up an ambush team in your church. The Bible says where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst. So you, you just find one or two other people who have the same passion and desire that you do to see people healed and delivered, and then you start approaching, lovingly and gently, of course, you start approaching the, the sick people in your church, you know, you kind of pick them off like you're shooting cans off a fence. And you ask them, you know, could, could I pray for Could we pray for you? We'd like to. And then you pretty soon, boom, when one person gets healed or delivered, they tell somebody else. And then word of mouth carries it through the church. And then what typically happens is you have more people that you can handle coming for help. Because churches basically are giant hospitals. You know, they're not overcoming or victory centers at all. They're just giant hospitals that Christians to go to who have a faint hope of someday being well. Well, I'll tell you what, if they f- hear about somebody in the church that people are actually getting healed or delivered, they'll beat down your door. They'll pound your door down to get to you. And that's that's what happened. And um, pretty soon it'll get so big that the pastoral staff will catch on to it. And then guess what will happen next? Yeah, you'll get kicked out. They'll kick you out of the church. And that's not something to be angry or upset about or hold a grudge over. Not at all. You just take it as a promotion. That's the way I took it. I took it as a promotion. And, you know... A couple of months later, I opened the House of Healing in, in Phoenix. And I went from that to having counsel, counseling six days a week. Uh, I went from that to having small uh, healing and deliverance services. I remodeled a building and put a small little sanctuary in there and only sat 50 chairs. And, uh, hey, the, the place boomed. So if you get kicked out or run off and you're alone, I want to encourage you. That's not a bad thing. That That's a good thing. 
That's a good thing. It's God separating you for the work that he's called you to do. Like he said to Paul and Barnabas. Separate yourself from among them and be ye holy, for I am holy, says the Lord. In Nehemiah chapter 2, you can see another separation based on the commandments of God. It says, uh, Nehemiah chapter, chapter 9 says, The seed of Israel separated themselves from all strangers and stood and confessed their sins and their iniquities of their fathers. They stood in their place and read in the book of the law of the Lord their God one-fourth of the day. And then another fourth of the day, they, they confessed their sins and worshiped the Lord their God. So God, God brought a revival in Nehemiah, rebuilt the wall. It was spectacular. What an, what an incredible blessing that was. But there has to be a separation first. You can't just expect everybody's going to, wow, you got called by God? That's amazing. Oh, you've got the anointing? Uh-huh. Okay, well, boy, we're all behind you. No, that, that's not going to happen in many cases. And in the same way, in a positive way, you can separate yourself to God in a negative way. Your sin can separate you from God and your anointing and your call. happens all the time. In fact, it happens most of the time, I'm sorry to say. Isaiah 59, the Lord couldn't have said it any better. Quote, behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save. Neither are his ears heavy that they cannot hear. But your iniquities... But your iniquities, said the Lord, separated between you and your God. And your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. And so, in my ministry, I follow that pattern to a T. Hidden iniquity and sin in a Christian will block their call from God and block their anointing. And that has to be confessed and repented of. And one thing I learned years ago in deliverance, I researched all the great deliverance preachers of the past, Winworthy, Derek Prince, and so on. And I did a research on YouTube, watched all the uh, deliverance preachers on YouTube, studied all of them. And um, in particular, I studied Bob Larson here in Phoenix because he was in the same area I was. He's over in Scottsdale. I'm in Phoenix. And I studied all these guys. And most of the guys that I saw on YouTube, then and today, it's even worse. There's all kinds of deliverance people on YouTube. But the vast majority of them are doing more harm than good. And the reason for that is they focus on things like generational curses, manifestations, you know, 
Jezebel and Ahab and all these other different demons. And they get a lot of people delivered temporarily, but the problem is most, if not all, of those spirits get back in shortly thereafter because deliverance was always supposed to center around repentance. And the reason so many people get reinfected with spirits is because the the deliverance system they set up is not repentance-based. And I saw that early on, that sin opens the door and iniquity opens the door to the spirit world. And even if you have a high anointing and you blow demons out of some guy's head in a park or at a mall and, and film it on YouTube, and everybody's jumping up and down laughing and giggling and yelling, praising the Lord, hallelujah, what you don't see on that YouTube video is the person getting reinfected days, weeks, or months later. They have a period of temporary respite, and the demons get back in. Why? The Lord has called the person to separate themselves from their iniquities. And later on, if they do it, he'll call them to separate themselves to the work that I have called you to do. Almost everybody who gets delivered from demons has a work God wants them to do. I was teaching at uh, a drug rehabilitation center uh, that I go to a couple of times a month. I'm a spiritual warfare teacher at that facility. It's the largest facility of its kind in the state of Arizona. It, it does a tremendous, tremendous job uh, getting uh, drug addicts and alcoholics and so on uh, converted and uh, discipling them. But the area of their weekend is spiritual warfare. So they, they contacted me and I had me come on to the program and so I go there two, two times a month. And I explain to them that an addict is a person who, generally speaking, is alone. Because most addicts have blown everything they've ever had. Family, friends, money, career, whatever it is. They've lost everything they've ever had. Houses, cars, kids, spouses, you name it, an addict has lost everything. And one of the things that addicts frequently do, and almost, literally all of them do, is they're, they're pathological liars. Are you going to go to rehab? No. Are you going to stop drinking? Yeah. Yes. No. And they lie to everybody, and at some point in time, the addiction takes over, and the only thing that matters to them in life is their next fix. Their next fix. That's it. And they got to say or do whatever they got to do to get the money, the opportunity to get high and to use. And so this horrible process tears the person down. They become separated from everything in their life. They've just lost everything. Many of them are homeless. They don't even have any place to live. Well, this ministry near downtown Phoenix 
does a spectacular job. That they have a huge residential facility, so the people who will change and repent, they get a place to stay, and they get free food and everything. But the beauty of being an addict in that program, or any addict in any program, is this. You're being called by God to a special work because people who have never been addicted to anything and have not been an addict can't completely relate to what addiction is like. They can't have the same empathy. I've never been an addict. You know, I've been counseling addicts for years as a professional counselor, but I've never actually been an addict, so I cannot 100% tell you what it's like to be an addict. I mean, I can describe it to you very closely because of my association with them professionally, but I've never been an addict, so I can't completely empathize with them. And that's the purpose of 1 Corinthians chapter 1. God has called you the things that are despised in this world, God has chosen. The things that are rejected by others, God has chosen. And he wants you to separate yourself to him so he can use you in your ministry to other addicts. Who better to minister to other addicts than any addict who's been delivered from demons and is no longer using? Who better to do that than another addict who fully understands the condition of another addict. It's, it's a perfect scenario, and God routinely calls those people to do that kind of ministry. Very common. But first he calls them to separate themselves, as the scripture said, from their iniquities and from their their pushers, from their old friends who were addicts, everybody. You've got to be, as the Bible said, hagiazo, sanctified or set apart by God. And sometimes during that sanctification process, you end up totally alone, like Jesus, like John the Baptist, completely alone. There's nobody but you. And that's the way God has set it up. Being called doesn't mean you bring everybody with you. You're called like Abraham. He was called to leave himself. Pack up Sarah and your goods and leave. And I will make you a great nation. I will make you a blessing. All the nations of the earth will be blessed because of you. What a tremendous ministry the guy had, and he obeyed. He just left. He got called again, as you, re- as you remember, sanctified again. Jehovah was taking a look at Isaac, and he was starting to get concerned. Hey, this Abraham... I never saw anybody so attached to their son. I never saw a father love a son like this. This is ridiculous. And Jehovah started to get jealous. Jehovah is a jealous God. And he took a look at Abraham and said, hey, this this doesn't look good here. 
I'm going to have to fix this. I'm going I'm to test him. And he told him, listen, I called you out of, from your family, and you left. You made a mistake. You brought Lot with you, but I covered for you. Now I want you to take that boy up to the mountain three days from here. I want you to sacrifice him to me. And Abraham says to himself, we found this out in the New Testament. Wow, I'm being separated again. I'm leaving my wife, my friends, my business, everything. It's all gone. And now I'm going to separate myself from my son. And this incredible man of God didn't even flinch. He didn't even say anything. He just packed up, took his boy with him, and headed to the top of the mountain. And it wasn't um, an hour and a half drive in Uber. This was a three-day journey, days walking and nights camping. And that entire time, Abraham had plenty of time to think about what was going on, about losing his son about convincing himself that even if he killed his son, God would resurrect him. All these thoughts coming through his mind. But as you can see here, when Isaac was saved, Jehovah spoke to him. He said, now I know. You see, God knows everything by his omniscience. Right? There's only three persons in the universe that have that quality, omniscience. Nobody else has it. But God doesn't know stuff experientially. He knows everything through his omniscience, but he doesn't know everything. And he doesn't know you. Well, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard, Brother Mike. Of course God knows everything. Well, yeah, he does through his omniscience, but he doesn't through experience. And when Abraham raised that knife to, to kill Isaac, and God stopped him, he said, quote, now I know. What he meant was, now I know through experience. See, you may have to go through a test or two to fulfill your destiny and your call from God. Because God wants to know, not omnisciently, but experientially, if you'll pass the test and you'll obey. He wants to know. He wants to see it. Not just know it. Because he's omniscient and knows everything. I know that doesn't seem to make any sense, but your trials, your tests, and your call from God is all known to God omnisciently, but it's not known to God experientially. He wants to see it actually happen. And that's the most important thing. Will you actually do it? And the only way you can do it is to realize that sometimes you have to be alone. 
And the great John the Baptist died in prison alone. Paul was executed in prison in Rome. And he's alone. And Jesus died on Calvary alone. But they weren't really alone, were they? No, they were simply going through their sanctification process. Hagiazo, being set apart for God's work, is what sanctification means. And that's what has to happen to you. So if you are alone and you have been called by God and nobody else cares about your call, nobody's interested in it, nobody likes it, be encouraged tonight because the road may be lonely temporarily, but later on, you won't be alone. I mean, I have a ministry staff now of, I don't know, 15 or 20 people. I got four or five counselors that work at the counseling center at the deliverance center and I'm not alone anymore, but in the beginning, man, I was all alone. My family really wasn't interested in it. With the exception of my youngest daughter, nobody 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 liked it. Nobody nobody liked demons. Who likes demons? I mean, I didn't even like them. I mean, when I f- first felt God calling me out of Secular counseling, I was all excited. You know, I thought, my gosh, maybe I'm going to be some very popular, vastly loved TV preacher. I'm going to have yachts and uh, I'm going to be very famous and I'm going to have friends coming out of my ears. I'm going to travel the world. And when the good Lord said, hey, that's, that's not what I'm calling you to, I said, well, well, what are, you, what, are you, what are you calling me to? What, what's the deal here? And uh, when I found out about it, you know, I was a little taken aback by it. Uh, demons, that wasn't what I had in mind. But now I would not change anything at all. Anything at all. I wouldn't change it. And, yeah, I was alone for a while. You'll be alone for a while. People will turn their back on you for a while. Sure they will. Yes, they will. That's right. It happened to Paul. He lost everything. Abraham left everything behind. Joseph lost it all. Lost his family. Got stuck in a well. The great prophet Jeremiah left his family. The Levites were separated from the rest of the nation of Israel. They were gone. No intercommunication, no commingling. They were separated. Come out from among them and be you separate, says the Lord. Do not touch the unclean thing and I will receive you. And so if you're going through a dark period right here, hey, be encouraged tonight. Please, because, you know, in the secular world, they say there's a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. Well, I'm not going to say that, but God's call on your life, you will never regret answering it, even though you had to go through a temporary period of 
being in a well. Sometimes wells can be the best thing that ever happened to you. And you'll look back on your well time with fondness. At first you were scared to death, but then you began to see the plan of God unfolding and that he wanted you to separate yourself from friends, from family, from an old career, whatever it might be, from a certain location. He may want you to move. I have no idea what he wants, but my point is I want you to be encouraged tonight that if you are alone, if you are facing opposition, if people have turned their back on you, if you're getting punked, listen, there's miracles around the corner. There's miracles around the corner. I have literally seen with my own eyes, this is not including all the things that have happened uh, as a result of the ministry that had nothing to do with me. I've literally seen uh, my, with my own eyes, thousands of people delivered from demons and hundreds of people healed right in front of my eyes. I would have never seen anything like that as a secular counselor, obviously. And did I see that coming? Not really. No. Because I couldn't figure out why I, my church people had dumped me. I didn't have any friends left. My own family was completely disinterested in my ministry. <laughs> no one in my family has ever contributed a dime to hardcorechristianity.com. <laughs> Not one red cent. Nothing. Oh, friends, listen, sometimes nothings, as Cool Hand Luke said, is a pretty good hand to have. Sometimes nothing is the best thing you can have. And when Jesus was sitting out in the middle of the desert, wondering when the destroyer would pop in next, he was sitting there all alone. And Mark adds, by the way, with the wild beasts. He's the only one that adds that of the four Gospels of the temptation of Christ. But he was sitting out there alone with the wild beasts all by himself. He was physically alone, but he, he was never alone. Because he had the Greek word koinonia. He had the communion of the Holy Ghost and a direct access to Father because he had separated himself from his family, from his life as a carpenter, if that's what he was. He had sanctified himself. That's what he said one time in the Gospel of John. Father, I sanctify myself. It didn't mean he was getting rid of any sin. Obviously, the Savior of the world was sinless that means he set himself apart to do his father's will. And that's what you're going to do, aren't you? Sometimes being alone and abandoned 
is the best thing that ever happened to you. And you are to be encouraged in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Powerful message tonight. Great encouragement. Brother Mike, uh, what would you like to title this for the archive? Separated. Something about separated for God. Something like that. Sounds awesome. Uh, My friend, what uh, would you like to um, tell people about your ministry that they can tune in and participate and also support your work? Well, that would thank you for that. Every Thursday and Friday night, we have live services at the Deliverance Center. We're in the downtown area in Phoenix. And you can catch all those services. And on Friday nights, I teach, and I leave my mic on during the altar call. And you can hear and see uh, the people getting delivered. Now, we turn the lights down so people have some visual privacy. You won't be able to make out people's faces. But you'll be able to see everything that goes on. Just go to YouTube.com slash House of Healing AZ. If you happen to live in the Phoenix area, you can, you're a born-again Christian. You're eligible for free counseling services. Just give me a call on the ministry line, 602-636-5800, or contact me by email, mike at hardcorechristianity.com, and I will get you on the uh, counseling schedule. And uh, we do dozens of counseling sessions every week and the vast majority of the people that come uh, get delivered from demons I'm also on the radio here locally and you can go to the website and uh, go to my archive radio programs, I've been on the radio for 21 years here in the Phoenix area you can catch all of my radio programs off the website hardcorechristianity.com and uh, I do have religious exemptions available for the next uh, fake virus that's going to hit everybody. It's, there's a new one coming out. Just send me an email, mike at hardcorechristianity.com, and I'll send you a religious exemption for the next series of shots. If you need that, I'd be happy to provide it for you. And uh, I have a podcast every Sunday morning at 9 o'clock mountain time 8 o'clock pacific time and my podcast is uh, the deep things of God all you have to do is go to twitch.tv and put in HCCADC and you're there I'll see you uh, Sunday mornings at 9 and I'll be back on Omega Man I hope in oh March. yeah sure oh my goodness every month man <laughs> I'll give you as many dates as you want I know you're a busy man, so we usually settle on one, but uh, shoot. You can have uh, two a month if you've got it available. Um, okay. Look at your schedule for March and let me know what you got. And uh, what an honor to be here with you. You've got a literal hardcore ministry that sees results. In fact, I recommended a few people just this week to you. Now, thank you. I can make the recommendation, but getting people to take me up on the recommendation is a whole other thing. <laughs> I understand. I understand. The desperate need deliverance, and I know about five people uh, who need deliverance, but they've got to be convinced of it first. Um, right. And sadly, uh, many will never take the, the recommendations and yeah, take action and get some freedom. Yeah. Uh, and it, it's sad uh, because, folks, when you got Very. demons, 
and just about everybody has from t- one time or another, they need deliverance. And if you go to any other source to try to get deliverance and the ministry, how far are you going to get? A psychiatrist is not going to cast them out, or a psychologist. They'll try to counsel right. the demon out. You can counsel a demon all day, but it's not going to come out until you command, come out in Jesus' name. And if it's got a legal right to stay, it's going to stay. Until there's repentance involved. And um, I know people right now that are going to get checked into um, a rehab for drug 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 overdose. Right. And, you know, maybe they, they can use that. That'll help them a little bit, but they still got the demons. Yeah. I know people that went to Alcoholics Anonymous, and they got off alcohol, but they still had demons inside. <clears throat> My goodness. Uh, because they never got deliverance. I'm watching a very fascinating um, interview. This was done probably back in the 80s. A lady, uh, she came out of the occult. She was a full trance medium. Her name is um, Johanna Michelson. Wrote a book called The Beautiful Side of Evil. And she talked about so many people that come out of the occult. And maybe they receive Jesus. But they never got deliverance, never announced their occult pathways that they opened up. And some of them are still operating with occult powers. <laughs> and they're full on demonized still. I know people like that. I don't <laughs> think they ever got deliverance. Came out of the came out of worshiping uh Satan. That's gonna be a problem, folks. There's no replacement for for getting deliverance. You've got to cast those demons out in Jesus' name. They won't go willingly. They want to stay. We have to wrestle with them. Uh, And sometimes it's going to take a while to get results. God can deliver anybody one off if he wants to, but that isn't the way that I typically see it. No, I don't either. You know, get in the line, let's just tap you. All demons out, come out. Next person, you're free, and we'll give you a certificate. You're free. You got your freedom tonight. Come on. Um, I'm looking at some of the videos that you're doing, and you literally have to, uh, you work with these people for hours, days, maybe Mm -hmm. weeks. Have you had some hardcore cases Mm -hmm. that took a while? Hundreds. Absolutely. Every person's case is different. But I'm here to tell you, if you're serious about getting some deliverance, uh, hardcorechristianity.com comes very highly recommended. Many people have gotten freedom through them and uh, through Brother Mike's ministry there, so I encourage you to go check it out and support Thank it. You. Do you have some uh, training materials over there available, Brother Michael, if they want to? Yeah, sure do. I, I wrote a book. Uh, as far as I know, uh, it's one of a kind. I've searched for a similar book on the Internet. I never found one. Uh, it was all the revelations God gave me about mental illness. It's called The Root Cause and Cure of Mental Illness, Plano Spirits. And uh, that's been uh, the most popular book I've obviously ever written. And I also have another book on called Atonement Healing, a spectacular reference guide. If you happen to be called to go into the healing ministry, this is a little book that you definitely would love to have. It's got all the scriptures right on your fingertips for deliverance and healing. And then the third one I wrote was on Satan. And that one, is, uh, that's nasty. Brother, you've got some of the deepest uh, insights and teaching on deliverance that I've ever heard. 
I I appreciate the work you're doing, and um, God Thank really you. called you to this ministry, and has used all your background to help you go very far in this ministry. And I consider myself a student. I've got a lot to learn, and I appreciate um, the training materials you make available and the ministry that you're doing and coming on and teaching us tonight. Um, final question. Do you have PayPal or Cash App or some other way they can support your ministry? Yes, I sure do. Uh, there's a PayPal button on the on the website, and most of our donations come through there. Fantastic. We also have a Tithely app you can download on your phone. Oh, okay. Different things like that, but the PayPal button is the most frequent one. HardcoreChristianity.com? Yes, sir. Okay. Brother Michael, God richly bless you, and would you like to close us in prayer? Thank you. Yeah. Lord, been a privilege. This has been a privilege, uh, teaching about sanctification, uh, separating ourselves to your call. And I pray that if there's anybody uh, like me years ago wondering where everybody went, I thought this was supposed to be a popular, wonderful ministry, and I looked up and everybody was gone. I didn't understand what I was doing back then. I do now. It was all all worked out for my good. And I, I wanted to be a, an encouraging person tonight. I hope I was, and I hope you'll bless it that way. I, I wasn't uh, trying to make people feel lonely. I was trying to encourage them in their loneliness that you are there and you are pushing them forward to victory. Amen. You know, I'll just uh, tack on a final thought um, as you're closing in prayer tonight. Uh, if you look in the back of Win Worley's books, many of them had directories of ministers, ministries, uh, deliverance workers all, all around the country, sometimes the world. And I think the, the comment was over time, you know, people just faded away. A lot of them. Some people die out, of course. Some people walk away from deliverance ministry. They move on to other things. I don't know how you can move on. Um, it's one, at least one fourth of Jesus Christ's ministry. How can you say I've got yes. all, you know, I've done all the deliverance I need to do? I'm just going to move on. You know, I'm, I'm not saying a person can't be uh, personally delivered and set free and walk in freedom, but to think that uh, that's still not needed for other people out there. Or somehow we can do the full gospel ministry without deliverance? How can any church say that they're obeying the Lord and they're not doing deliverance? Or they're not praying for the sick? Or they don't believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit? I mean, uh, I don't see the apostles saying, you know what, uh, we've done our chapter on deliverance, we don't need to do that anymore. We've, um, what's the word? Uh, there's, a, there's a new age term. that We've ascended beyond that. Uh, we're past all that now. Well, what are, what are they doing? I want to know. That has a sign that call them that believe. And you know, a lot, there's a lot of deliverance sure. dropouts. Win Worley did a whole sermon on that. Folks, don't be yeah, a deliverance dropout. Get your deliverance, and then help set others free. This is Amen. this goes with being an end time soldier, casting out devils, laying hands on the sick that they recover, speaking Amen. in tongues, all the gifts of the Holy Spirit in operation. I mean, uh, praise the Lord for those that stay dedicated to deliverance. Because when push comes to shove, there's not a lot of places 
uh, I know to send people. They say, is there somebody in my city who does deliverance? I'm putting together a little deliverance map, and uh, I don't have too many people that I, I found to put on there that I personally know or vetted. There's some other ministries that got just, you know, thousands of points out there on their map. Yeah, but then they also tell you, you know, we can't vouch for any of these people. Uh, you can, you know, it, it's dangerous to have some people pray for you or some deliverance for sure. files. And I don't want to uh, go any further than that waste anybody's time, but just to say... Uh, I thank God for you, Brother Mike, and for those that are dedicated to deliverance ministry to to the test of time and stick with it and continue to help people. We're going to need more help than ever before because now the demons are coming right out in the open and have declared war on mankind. You're seeing them come through the TV and through the uh, Super Bowl programs and all the entertainment out there, and they're marching against people, and many people are ill-prepared for the war on the saints that's coming, which is going to be war on mankind by the demonic hordes. Uh, HardcoreChristianity.com. God bless you, Brother Michael. We'll see you next time. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Bye, Shannon. All right. Yes, a lot of those directories, those people don't exist anymore. They're gone. Some died, some quit. Some moved on, they thought, to higher callings. But I still see Mark 16 says, And these signs shall fall them that believe. And the first one that enlist. I believe that's important. Being first on the list. In my name they shall cast out devils. I know someone personally. I said, uh, you believe in deliverance? He said, of course. You cast out devils? Yeah. Used to do it. Back about 20 years ago. You still do it? No, not really. Why not? Kind of moved on. We don't have anybody who needs it. How can you say you don't have anybody who needs it? If you say nobody needs deliverance, that tells me you're not growing as a church. Because everybody needs deliverance from one one time or another. And for some, it's going to take longer to get delivered. You know, you take the land back bit by bit. Not as everybody's deliverance is the same. So that is a shame. But where you'll find that, I believe God is raising up men and women that also have a hunger to work for the Lord and uh, they want to roll their sleeves up and, and report for duty. So God just connect us all to these people. Praise the Lord. You take a sword, you got a bucket, swords coming along, take one, pass it, to pass it, pass it along. Take your sword, pass it along. Everybody take their sword. Take their place on the battle lines of the end times. Well, that's going to be it for tonight. Um, Brother Joseph Rar could not be with us. He was having surgery. Let's have him up in prayer. He's getting prepared for it tomorrow, I think. Father God, in Jesus' name, we lift up Brother Joseph Ferrari to you. We ask God that you be with him during his procedure. Let him come through with flying colors. We bind and rebuke every demonic spirit of death or destruction, firmity. He will live and not die and declare the works of the Lord Jesus. God, give him more time. We sure do appreciate him. Bless him. Raise him back up. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, friends, for tuning in tonight. And uh, I'll get these shows uploaded today. Again, check out hardcorechristianity.com. Great deliverance minister, 
teacher. I want to thank Michael for coming on tonight. And we had Dr. Ron and Miriam Cohen earlier. We did a little Speak My Word, and we also played uh, about 95% of the audio called The Beautiful Side of Evil by Johanna Michelson. Now, I just found out about her through uh, Lena Anamalechi. And uh, Johanna's got books out, many other interviews. I'm going to begin to search them out myself. And you can learn more of the story that she has to tell. We've also contacted her website, and hopefully they'll reach back out to me and um, take up the offer to come on the show and do a teaching. We'd love to have her on. And always looking for new guests to supplement our regular guests that you'll love like I do. With that, uh, God richly bless you. I want to thank again everyone who has uh, tuned into these programs. Special thanks to anyone who has financially supported this work. Uh, it was looking bad last week. It really was. And we were able to meet our financial obligations and not go belly up. It's a week-by-week walk of faith with the Lord doing this program. And uh, I thank you again for helping us. Whatever you can do each month, I just want to say God rich, will richly bless you. I know He will. And uh, you have great fruit. Together we can uh, continue to fill these programs and move forward and do more. We're shooting for 11,000 programs. If you're not currently a supporter and you'd like to be, just go to my website. There's a couple options on how you can do it. It would be easy to just say, hey, I'd like to sign up and pledge X number of dollars per month and forget about it. Uh, We've got that option with PayPal. Of course, you can cancel that anytime you want. Uh, If you want to give a one-time love offering, we appreciate that too. Anything you'd like to do to help, thank you very much. That's all i got to say on that. OmegaManRadio.com God richly bless you again for tuning in. And uh, I owe you some new uh, reloaded programs. I'll get those put up there for you today. Uh, let's see. What else did I need to mention to you? Oh, we're back on YouTube on a limited basis. I can't put every show up there. But uh, some I can. And those that I can, I will put up there. It's a new channel. It's channel 8. I think it's 8 or is it 9? I've lost track. Well, I think this would be 8. Yes. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> tomorrow, Joseph Cohen with a very special guest. Gregory Ellis, Philip Morris, Deborah Vells. Then this upcoming Wednesday, we're going to have Elvis Newhart, Michael Cummins, and David Measures, John Gogan, Frank Marzullo, Speak My Word, and Doug Perry. Uh, Mike and Gil Patton back this week. Joseph Jasinski. Gary Stafford and the guests, John Terrell, Lou Young, WMI, and more. Um, thank you again for tuning in. Love and appreciate you. Have a great day. Let me close out with a song. <laughs> 